What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jay. And this episode, like the most recent episodes, is brought to you by 4th and 20 Media. Um, guys, we partnered with them. If you guys don't know, and I'm guessing if you guys listen to every podcast, you already do know. So go check them out. Um, to go check out their social media site on Instagram. It's in our social media site in our bio. So go check them out. Or you just type in 4th and 20 Media. Um, so that's that. But uh, one more week or two more weeks now until uh, we officially have games in the bubble. We have a lot to get into today. Kind of a we kind of have a funner episode today, along with news. We're also gonna do um, gonna kind of through the first week and a half or so now um, of the bubble. We're gonna do like a first team all bubble. Who's been the players that you know have been the most active on social media and just like have had fun in the bubble so far. Um, We'll talk about Russell Westbrook and James Harden just arriving in the bubble, but Russell Westbrook having COVID and how that affects the Thunder, um, excuse me, the Thunder, the Rockets. Uh, we'll get into a lot of stuff, but I do want to start off with maybe one of the bigger news stories of the week, Zion Williamson leaving the bubble due to family a family emergency, which has not ma- been made public. Um, hopefully everything's good with him and his family. Uh, I want to more focus on how that affects the Pelicans as he's supposed to return, but at the same time, they don't know when, and the Pelicans didn't want to put a timetable on it. Their first game is the first game back in the bubble. Uh, it's July 30th, uh, 6.30 p.m. on TNT. Uh, initial thoughts on, on Zion leaving and, and him, you know, how, how does that affect the Pelicans uh, going in? Man, it it really does affect. Uh, maybe maybe not because I'm. I was trying to think through this because they they were doing fine without him, um, and they had this is the thing about Zion Williamson. Uh, and I was watching the jump with, uh, and Brian Windhorst had said he's he's pretty much been uh, short circuited in terms of even since. Uh, well, we're not going to say college per se, but especially the league, um, talk about his knee injury setting him back. Um, and even in, um, in college when he broke through his shoe and ha- had, to, had to sit out some games. So he's really been short-circuited. Um, even if you want to talk about college, even though he was still there for big-time moments, and he still might be in, uh, in the big stakes uh, in these big state games when, when uh, the NBA season does return. Uh, but it really does affect them because this is their number one player. Um, but the good news is, on the, the contrary, you do have Drew Holiday, who is um, not necessarily the most experienced um, playoff guy, but he does have some veteran leadership that will help with majority of the young guys on that, on that Pelicans team. So it is a big deal because he is their number one player, and on top of that, all the uncertainty and and I think we should really cover during this episode. It's interesting with all the whether it be the snitch hotline, the uh, which Zion's the most notable player yeah. to leave the bubble, um, and we don't know who else yeah. has left the bubble, whether it be well, confirmed or unconfirmed. Yeah. But but yeah, well, no, this is big news. I know right, right before right, right before we started um, recording here, I know Montrezl Harrell uh, reportedly has left the bubble. Um, for a, mm. a family emergency, he is mm. respected. He is expected to return. Uh, sometime they don't know when. Again, they're not putting a timetable on him either. So prayers go out to Montrezl Harrell's family as well, and hopefully everything's good there, and he can return. But it, I think the the biggest thing is once these players do return, how long do they need a quarantine? Because no one really knows. It depends how long you've left the bubble for. And that kind of determines how long you need a quarantine for. I know the, the least amount of time is two days. Plus, you need to pass all sorts of COVID tests before you even enter the bubble. And once you do enter the bubble, you need to pass two or three COVID tests to even um, get out of quarantine. So it it's, sounds really complicated. <laughs> no, it is. And, and it, it's something that, listen, everyone, we've said it before here is the NBA was trying to set up a Lakers Pelicans first round yeah. matchup. And now, the, the Pelicans without Zion, I don't see them, you know, pushing for that playoff spot. They were 17 and 27 before Zion came. Not, they've done a lot, lot better um, since 
Zion came, I mean, they with notable wins against, you know, the Pacers, the Heat, um, had a had a decent game against the Bucks. Uh, you know, some notable wins, but I just don't see without Zion them making a push for the playoffs anymore, and it could be a short stay in Orlando for them. I, uh, they do have an easy schedule. Um, playing teams like, you know, Memphis, the Kings, the Wizards, you know, teams not in the playoff picture right now, or if they are, they're a 7-8 seed in their respective conferences, except for their first two games, which is against the Jazz and the Clippers. Um, it's... I don't know. It's going to be tough, I think, for them to to make a playoff push without him. But then again, who knows when he returns? They still have two weeks, um, or we're about 12 days out now from the start of the season, from the start of their season, which is the first game of the of the restart. So, who you know, if he's out, let's say another four or five days, and then comes back, that's another couple days of quarantine and you know he'll be cutting it close but you know i think first and foremost is that he needs to take care of whatever family um emergency he had and and you know i think that's first on the priority um and i think also it's you know i think some people might say man you know you see him you see montrose harrell leaving the bubble some of these guys now having all of a sudden family emergencies and i think it's not as uncommon as you think i think the thing is is that now it's just being more publicized because these guys have to stay in a, in a hotel or in, in this confined area for so long that, you know, we just don't see it. If they miss a practice some days, if, you know, if the media is not able to attend that practice or whatever, it happens more often than not. And guys are able to deal with it a lot better, but now, you know, they're away from their families. They're not in their home city. So it, it makes a big, big difference um, to, yeah. you know, these guys having to leave and come back and it's a whole process. So it's, it should, it's something to definitely look out for. Yeah, I think that, and, and we're going to do a good job of highlighting uh, the social media inter- interaction, but everything is just taking a step up, I think, in terms of when a player, and, and hopefully everything's okay with Zion, um, of course, but when a player leaves in the bubble, it's taken to a whole nother level. I, I've watched some Heat games, and I, I don't even know that a guy is out for a family emergency until uh, maybe the the tip-off. Like, it's... It's, yeah. it's, it's really just, everything's just taking a step up because number one, there's nothing to talk about. And number two, it's the NBA bubble. And it's such a serious deal right now um, that everything is just taking a step up. Um, now, I just think that it, it's really interesting to see about the number of days and it's a really complex. Um, but again, the NBA is being really serious about this. Uh, I know that as far as Zion, um, if he's away for, uh, I think the timeline's about a week. Um, the 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 border on on which you know the days that he has to stay in quarantine when he gets back, um, and he has to test every single day. Um, that's if he wants to get that four day uh, self quarantine when he comes back. Um, but if not, he's looking at more, uh, which I'm sure the Pelicans are gonna are gonna want to do that um that thing where he also, he I mean, gets tested every day, but. Yeah, and also I think, you know, testing while he's away right now, I think is something that would be key for him just to know, hey, you know, I'm going into the bubble um, that I I don't have it. And uh, it's it's such a complicated issue. And I think something bigger is how does that open? And and I kind of want to go into this as teams like the Kings, the Spurs, the Suns, even the Trailblazers and the, you know, all of the teams now in the race for this eighth seed how does that open it up for them? Because you're basically, in my opinion, without Zion on the Pelicans, I don't see them, them getting, you know, they'll probably have some competitive games and they will be, you know, a, a below 500 team in these eight games without him, you know, with him, I would say, like I said previously, I think they could possibly make it into the playoffs without him. I don't see them making them at all. Um, I know they're tied right now, three and a half games back with the Trailblazers and the Kings. So that really opens it up for them. Uh, let's say Zion doesn't come back. Who who are you taking for that eight seed if it's not the Grizzlies? Well, there was a lot of uncertainty about this one team, but I might have to go with uh, the Trailblazers because they are about f- three or four games back. I know I've taken the Grizzlies um, in previous episodes, but with Damian Lillard, I know there was a lot of uncertainty about they were the only team that voted for um, they they voted against the proposed plan that which is now the NBA bubble in Orlando. But 
I think they have a lot of experience. I think that um, adding Melo um, during the season and with the multitude of of, of, uh, of playoff experience that they have, not only veteran but playoff, I think that they can make a run in that in that Western Conference. Again, there's eight games to be played, so they're down about four or five games on the Grizzlies, the eight seed. Um, but it'd well, be interesting to see them take them. No, yeah, and also you, I think the most important thing is they not only did they add Melo now, I mean, really, it, it feels like years ago, but at the beginning of the season, they get back two of their starting front court guys and Nurkic and, and Zach Collins. I mean, literally, right. I mean, you're, you're basically, it's, they basically just got a free trade and got those two guys to add to the rotation. Um, it, it's, it's something to really, I mean, to me, the more I, I look into it and I know we did predictions on earlier episodes about the eighth seed and we're going to continue to do predictions, especially next episode um, with, you know, just predicting playoffs and stuff and first round matchups and all of that. Um, it's, it's deaf. I mean, they, they look like a team that's, that's, they can make noise and not only make noise once they get into that first round of the playoffs. I know I was watching inside the NBA the other night and, and Charles Barkley said he would pick, you know, he wouldn't be surprised if they upset the Lakers. I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that they can, they can push a team, you know, like a, if they get into that eight seed, push a Laker team, uh, you know, with them basically all about locked up that number one seed, push a Laker team to six, seven games in a, in a playoff series. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I saw uh, the other day on Hassan Whiteside social media, they were, you know, celebrating uh, Damian Lillard's, uh, I think, 30th birthday. And Dame basically just told the team like, hey, let's go out and get it. We're here to do a job and, and let's get it done. You know, uh, yeah. let's, let's not be here only until mid-August. Uh, mid, uh, we want to be here beyond that. And I think he's on a mission to prove people wrong. And, and I think that team, um, like I said, I think Nurkic is, is that X factor on that team that a lot of people forget about. And he's been out now for a, a long, long time. Um, you ha- you're going to have, you know, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic with him and Whiteside uh, and, and White, if Whiteside potentially comes off the bench and how he reacts to that. I know when he was down in Miami, you know, that was a big thing with him and Bam. Uh, and not between the two players, but with him and the coaching staff, him not getting minutes that he likes. So, you know, him not, I don't think Whiteside will be in the um, crunch minutes as he was or getting as many minutes as he once was now that Nurkic and Collins are back. I mean, it's to, to them, they are, if they were healthy the full season, I think they're truly a, a four or five seed in the West. And I, and I, I really, really think that's all of a sudden you put them in this mix with all these other teams and they are, the closest team to that eight seed with three and a half games back. It's something I wouldn't want to play them. And and if I'm the Grizzlies, I'm looking over my shoulder, like, you know, I need to worry about them. Well, remember with the Blazers, one of the reasons they brought in Whiteside and they also signed Mellows because their, their lack of depth in the, in the front court because of the injuries to, uh, to, to Nurkic and, I know, I think Zach Collins had an injury in this season as well. So um, those guys, that's one of the reasons why they brought in those, um, those dudes. And we, we all know Whiteside from Miami and how, as you mentioned, with, with Bam, he was getting upset over the minutes. Um, and so that'll be an interesting thing to see and how that plays out with uh, the implementation of, of Nurkic in the lineup. Um, and that also speaks to the – this Blazers team also speaks to the leadership of Damian Lillard because I know that it's bigger than basketball right now with, with the movement. And, um, and of course, you could back out. that You have the, the, the valid reason to back out if, if you want to go for uh, um, a movement standpoint and just back up with the movement, and, and which I think is a mistake because – NBA and I was doing a good job of doing that so it's good to be in the bubble for this for this movement um and to help advocate for that it is to Lillard's movement uh Lillard's leadership because they could have easily been like the Nets which obviously a lot of the uh or a couple of them have dealt with the coronavirus um but that team's kind of dismantled 
And with the Blazers, <laughs> they could have easily that the, with the well, Blazers, they could have easily been dismantled like that as well. But you, you bring up the Nets, and this wasn't even something we were going to talk about because we have we actually have news today and stuff that we could talk about. But one of the players they signed Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley. Well, Michael Beasley is no longer going to be playing for the Nets. His stint with the Nets was, I think, the shortest. Uh, stint in NBA history with the team as he tested positive for the coronavirus and won't be coming to the bubble. And I think he got his $100,000 signing bonus and then tested positive and walked away. So uh, another player down for the Nets that wasn't even originally on the roster. So And, and actually, this Trailblazers team plays the Nets in the last game of um, their eight-game schedule. So that could be a really, really big game in terms of playing a depleted Nets team that to be honest, I can't name too many players on their team right now uh, that are going to be getting, you know, minutes. So <laughs> I think, like I said, this Trailblazers team could have a lot of momentum. You all of a sudden, like I said, let's say Zion doesn't come back for the Pelicans. You, I, To me, you can cross them out of the race. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you look at a Spurs team and, and those type of teams that I think they're a little too far out and they don't have what it or, you know, the Suns, I think you can definitely, you know, the, you can cross them out. The Kings, I don't know if they have, you know, they don't have, I don't think they have that, they have that experience um, with a lot of younger guys on the team. The Spurs, obviously you have, if not probably the greatest coach of all time, Greg Popovich, you have uh, DeMar DeRose and guys like that on that team, and Marcus Aldridge, who have that vet experience. But the Trailblazers look in a really, really good spot right now. But, yeah, I mean, I think it'll definitely be interesting. I do want to transition now to something we have a little more fun that we don't do as often on, on the podcast here. Um, going to be creating a first-team all-bubble through the first 10 days or so of the bubble. Guys who have been the most active on social media, just that you've seen uh, just what they've been doing and stuff and the funny things and a whole bunch of guys have been shotgunning beers, you know, streaming on on. Uh, Twitch and streaming their video games or just doing vlogs. I think it's been um, one of the more popular things. A couple of players have been doing that. So um, we, me and Jake or Jake and I both created first team all bubbles. I think we have a little bit of a different list and a little bit of a different approach. I know I went more, you know, by position and even then it was kind of hard to do by position. Jake just went top five right now in the bubble without any particular position and all of that. So with that, I'll let you go first, Jake, and, and tell me your uh, first team all-bubble, and then I'll go. All right. My first team all-bubble is uh, JaVel McGee. Then I have Matisse Thibel, then Terrence Ross, Austin Rivers, and then Rashawn Holmes, which actually I might change to R- Rashawn Holmes' mom just for what she said on Twitter, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you run through your list real quick, and then we can go through it. Yeah, well, mine, I went position by position. Uh, I have a little bigger of a lineup. Uh, at center, I have JaVale McGee, power forward, Myers Leonard. Um, small forward, I have Tobias Harris, shooting guard, Josh Hart, and then point guard with a big, big lineup, as you can see, uh, Matisse Steibel as my point guard. Uh, I think we both have uh, JaVale McGee and Matisse Steibel in our, in our uh, top five, so... Um, we'll save those for last. So I'll let you go with the other three that you put that I didn't. So you can start off, I guess, with uh, Austin Rivers. Why did you put him in, in your first team all, all bubble? Well, Austin Rivers had a interesting IG live where he was showing around the, the, uh, the NBA bubble. He was outside and he pointed to one of the buildings and said that LeBron, that was LeBron's uh, suite. <laughs> I, I, I saw that. I, th- I think that's one of the bigger questions because no one's seen LeBron's room. Uh, you know, I, I, all these players are doing live streaming stuff and everyone's like, oh, have you seen LeBron? The only time anyone's seen LeBron is at practice. So uh, people are even questioning, is he even staying there? If I had a, if I had a guess, he's probably staying in some suite. Uh, his team's staying in the Grandest Grandestino. So I'm guessing he's staying in some penthouse suite. Uh, but yeah, he, that's definitely a, a big question so far in the bowl about LeBron. But yeah, Austin Rivers Live was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Super funny. Um, I see, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of the, they're definitely in tiers. Each, each room, uh, each team's rooms are in tiers in terms of how, uh, how nice they are. And so maybe LeBron just hasn't, has a, I don't know, a penthouse. I don't, I don't know what he has, but 
He has something. Yeah. He has something uh, definitely above everyone else. So. But yeah, uh, Austin River. I'm giving that to. I'm giving him top five. Yeah. So you have uh, Terrence Ross also on your list. I have Terrence Ross as well. Terrence Ross. Um, reason I have him there is because I went for mine. I went not only interactive, but also what are you showing us? What are you? Are you giving us a lot of insight in the bubble? Um, and so that's why I went Terrence Ross. He's been showing. He was one of the players to show a complete uh, tour of his room. He showed a complete tour of the players' lounge, which um, I think he was one of the only players to show the players' lounge, which is filled with arcades, games, um, ping pong tables, etc. Um and he's just been showing a lot around the whole entire bubble, um, including he also has a podcast um, that I listened to probably the first couple minutes. Um, but I definitely have to check out that podcast. It's called the T-Ross podcast, I think. And Shout he's been out. talking about the Shout bubble out. on there. Yeah, he's been talking about the bubble on there, too, with um, with one of his friends that he knows from high school or something. So, yeah, th- that was super cool to, um, to listen to for uh, like five, ten minutes. But, yeah. That's why I got him on my list. And then, last but not least, besides obviously Jamal <laughs> Matisse Steibel, you have Rashawn Holmes, who I think also gets the 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 nod. How, yeah. do, I, how, how do I put it nicely? The he was definitely one of the smarter ones so far in the bubble, stepping over the line to get some food. Um, he ordered some food and now is in quarantine for what? And, uh, oh, seven days or so in his room. So, I think you know he's been on social media a lot since he's been in quarantine again. Yeah, he he has been on. I mean, that's the only thing he could practically do in his room. So yeah, and then he also got a he also got a online whooping from his mom saying that saying that uh, he can't go outside and, and get a uh, delivery food if it's if it's nothing but uh but his mom's food. So that was pretty funny to see on social media. Um, but yeah, that's the reason why I got Rashawn Holmes uh top five on my list that was pretty funny to see and then you could also throw in i had a tough time putting the fifth one you could also throw in uh uh bruno caboclo from the rockets who stepped outside his room uh but this is more just people social media and interacting yeah and and making people laugh because because of the dumb stuff they do in, in the bubble so yeah uh I'll, I'll go with my three, and then, like I said, we'll go with uh, talk about JaVale and Matisse because they have a whole bigger, a lot more to talk about. Yeah, yeah. talk about um, me. I, Myers Leonard, uh, he's always been you know off the court. He's always been a character. Um, he's actually a professional gamer. Uh, I think he's in. If you follow gaming and stuff, he's in the Face Clan, which is a bit pretty big YouTube group and stuff. Um, not only that, has I mean he's been streaming every night. I'm not into Call of Duty and stuff, but. I know he plays Call of Duty for five, six, seven hours a night and streaming all of it. Um, and that's not even been in the bubble. That's been now he's done it for a couple of years. And I know during quarantine, he did like a 24 hour stream. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's been really good. And also he's been doing some, sh- he's shotgunning some beers and I think he's a champion so far shotgunning beers. I mean, he, this guy, I mean, he downs a beer in about a second or about 2.5 seconds, I think is his time right now. So that's been, I mean, he's he's been great uh, on social media and just interacting. I know on on his Twitch stream, that's where you can check him out at Myers Leonard. Shout out to Myers, but um, yeah, you know he he's answering questions about the bubble and all sorts of things. So he's been great. Um, a small forward, I have Tobias Harris. Kind of a a little weird pick for me, but um, Tobias, he's been a as we I said, we're going to talk about Matisse Stiebel and his vlog. He's been a main main character in Matisse Stiebel's vlog, and it's just him, Kyle Quinn. Um, those two guys and, and Matisse on the 76ers, they've been hilarious on the vlogs. Uh, you get really to see the personality. And then obviously uh, him and, T- and Boban, uh, Toby and Bobby, uh, he had a little drama there that he created. And then I know Boban sent him for his birthday a nice meal. So he's been hilarious on social media and just everywhere that so far you've seen him in the bubble. And then at shooting guard, Josh Hart, another guy, uh, very active on social media during the bubble. So on Twitch, He's another streamer. I know him and Myers Leonard um, were streaming together the other night, playing some Call of Duty. So, and he's been on every night too. And every time I go on Twitch to watch, you know, a, a streamer or whatever, um, he's always live. And, and the, both of them are streaming every night. I know so far during the bubble, which is great because you get to interact with them. 
I mean, it, there's a couple hundred people in the, in the stream, but they, you know, they're, they're definitely, both of them, him and Myers are always reading uh, messages and stuff uh, in the chat. So they've been great. Yeah. Um, I want to say too, and, let's, let's shout out, uh, let's shout out Quinn Cook too for playing with LeBron the other night as well. Yeah, that, that, was, as well. that was also, I mean, they almost shut down, I think, uh, my park in 2K because of how, I mean, literally they couldn't do it. I mean, there was, there was a bigger mob around those three than there is around Flight uh, in, in his stream. So, I mean, that, that was crazy. <laughs> also, another, another quick shout out, Hassan Whiteside. This guy is a clown. Um, he, he is truly a clown. And what he's done, I mean, he's always been a clown on, on Snapchat. I always had him on Snapchat. But he, you know, with his whole Disney uh, filter, and then he did the, the, I'm the captain now. And he, he asked yesterday, I know I saw on Snapchat, he asked if Mickey's going to be sitting courtside. Um, <laughs> this guy, this guy is a complete clown, but it's very, really entertaining. Um, I know he saw like Patty Mills and tried to make some joke with Patty Mills. Patty Mills, I don't really <laughs> think found it funny, but yeah, I mean, he, he, like I just said like five times, he's just a clown and, and he, I was debating putting him on a list, and then I was like, well, I'm kind of doing it by positions, and Myers Leonard, JaVale McGee, or Hassan White, I can't run small forward, so uh, I put Tobias Harris instead. But, yeah, he's definitely been up there. Uh, he's probably second team all bubble if you're doing it by positions. Uh, I, was surprised. I, was, I was actually surprised you didn't put him on your list, Jake. But, yeah, he, he's definitely been um, great. I mean, I, I just had to add him in there. But I'll let you, you know, uh, let's start off first with JaVale McGee. Uh, he, I know he had a YouTube channel before the bubble, um, and now he, you know, from the time they took off in Los Angeles to to now, he's in, he's been up, he's uploaded like three vlogs, I think, already, just document documenting uh, everything he's done. Um, ha, have you watched any of his vlogs? I know you, I, I'm yeah, I have. since he was on your list, but uh -huh. uh, what did you like about his vlogs and stuff? I liked, uh, well, just to say this, I think both vlogs with. And we'll get into Thibault in a little bit, Matisse Thibault. But I think both vlogs, vlogs have been very um, interactive. And it shows you a lot of in-depth. I think you see a lot of IG lives and you see a lot of stories of players in the bubble. And they don't show you – they show you a glimpse of it, but they don't really show you the, the full experience. And so JaVel McGee has been very um, active with his vlogs. He, he did have a YouTube channel before, um, but – uh, let's see, notable things, he vlogged practice, um, he vlogged the rooms and what they give you, they give you like a treat bag, they give you a whole bunch of stuff when you get in the, get in the rooms, um, what else was there, uh, he, oh, he also, which is very important because people ask, oh, how, how are, because there's, there's a lot of different reporters inside the bubble, so how are they going to get implemented and how do, uh, not only reporters, but also people in the media that aren't necessarily in the middle, um, interacting with the players. And so uh, digital touch screen that JaVel McGee shows in one of his vlogs that that uh, that you're able to uh, that I don't know. I don't think yeah, he's no, able yeah. to see the reporters, but the reporters are able to see him and ask him questions. Yeah, that, that what you're talking about, and I saw it's, so. you know, for, uh, that's how they do, like, their post-practice media sessions and stuff. Um, all the reporters get on Zoom, and, and he does the Zoom. He, obviously, he can't see them. He can just see himself, but they can see him and stuff. Uh, that's been pretty cool. Um, for me, I mean, it's just, like you said, he's, he's taking us into practice on the flight um, to L.A. You know, you saw his uh, daughter and, and his, if it's his wife or his um girlfriend, girlfriend uh, yeah. taking him to to the bubble or to the plane to get, get to the bubble um that's that was cool to watch and obviously you know him hugging his his daughter because you know a guy a player like him with him being on the lakers you know they're expecting to be there until the last day you can in the bubble um with them you know having championship aspirations uh yeah i mean he's definitely i mean he he's and he's a pretty funny guy um he has like almost i think he has 200k almost 200k subscribers on youtube i'm actually looking here you know he, he had a youtube channel before but he wasn't really active that much uh i see like he had videos from like eight years ago then like a year ago and then like a month ago he started picking back up and now you know he's uploading literally every two days or um the past two days he's uploaded a vlog 
so and and I I believe he's editing it on him, uh, by himself. Um, so I mean he he's it's it's pretty good. I mean, uh, like you said, it, it's another way to interact uh, with these players and just get a behind the scenes. It makes them look more like a, a real person, uh, which I enjoy, and just the things they're doing on their off time. Um, we can get into Matisse now, which I think has blown up the most. He literally made a YouTube account, I think, probably a week ago. He already has 170k subscribers on YouTube. Uh, his his YouTube channel is, I mean, he's been my favorite one so far out of any of the players. Uh, I didn't really know much about Matisse Stiebel before uh, this past week and before the bubble. You know, I knew he was a good defender, and I liked him in 2K when I did a rebuild. But now I think he's become one of my favorite players in the NBA. Yeah, well, people have been talking about how they're his favorite rookie. Now he's not my favorite rookie, but I'll let that. Uh, I'll let that. Well, he, he 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 he's getting up there for me. I know. I know that you know. I have Tyler Hero, who's 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 one of my favorite rookies. Kendrick Nunn. Uh, you know, all the guys on the Heat. Uh, I, I love those guys. But Matisse Stiebel, even though he's on the Sixers, and I'm not a big Sixers guy. You know, I, he's someone, you know, he's he's someone who's almost our age, basically. Uh, and you just see how fun he's having with it. Also, he showed that, you know, because, you know, his editing skills are pretty, pretty good, um, I would have to say. And he, he, you know, people, I guess, were questioning if he was editing it or did he, was he having someone else. And he even showed us, you know, on, mm-hmm. I know he uploaded one yesterday. He's literally uploading one every two days or three days. Um he showed, you know, like, hey, like, I'm doing this all on my own. And I'm pretty impressed with, you know, everything that he's uh, – the music he puts into it and, and just his editing skills are have been great. You know, he's showing us, like, you know, what he has to do because technically he's still a rookie on the team. So his rookie duty duties, uh, stuff that he's doing on his free time. And then, you know, him, it looks like Kyle Quinn and, and Tobias Harris are really good friends on the Sixers. So they're always hanging out and, and they're pretty funny together. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because you don't really see that. Um, and this is a good time. Although we're in unfortunate circumstances, you don't really see players being as open as they are during the bubble. And so uh, Thibel, Matisse Thibel and, and his YouTube has really taken off. And um, and it's it's an inside look for us fans. Um, I, I he's, he's very talented. I know he's on... Um, I know he does TikToks, which I don't look at his TikToks, yeah. but but um he's he's a really I saw talented. The beginning of yeah. yeah, he's really talented outside of just basketball. So um, it's I I find it really uh, interesting um, from both these guys. I think they they steal the show in terms of my top five, and uh, I was looking for more YouTube channels yesterday to look at. I hope more players. Um, I think about doing that, and who knows? Maybe it's it's footage for another thirty for thirty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm telling you, I, I think that a lot of this footage that these players are taking on their phones, and then Matisse, Javale. I know also Troy Brown Jr. on the Washington Wizards. He's doing a, a series. I haven't been able to watch it, but I just found out about it today through the Washington Wizards YouTube channel. He's not doing it on his own, so kind of the Wizards are kind of having him do that. Promoting, I would yeah. check that up. Yeah, promoting it for him on their YouTube channel. But I, I like these guys that are doing it on their own YouTube channel, editing their own stuff, showing basically what they want. Uh, obviously, they're not showing, you know, plays and what they're doing in practice, but they're kind of just showing after practice, um, them getting on the bus to go to practice. I mean, it's really – what this is is a, uh, literally it's an AAU tournament, a travel ball tournament. Uh, if you've ever, you know, as kids play, you know, travel ball, if that's baseball, volleyball, uh basketball or popcorn or football you're traveling or whatever i mean this is literally what it is they get dressed in their hotel rooms for practice they go to the thing and even for games that's what they're going to be doing they're going to be getting you know in their warm-up clothes and jerseys and in their in their hotel room and then getting on a bus and going to the arena for a game so i mean it's literally just like back when you know uh when they were in aau days playing travel basketball so i mean it's it's been great to see the the behind the scenes a lot of these players and like you said i mean they're, it seems like they're a lot more open, these players, during the bubble so far. Obviously, we're in the beginning of the bubble. And I think as the games get uh, tighter and, and, and more, um, more meaningful, especially come play, you know, playoff time, you're gonna sit in, you know, I don't think you're going to see guys staying there and uh, 
making videos and stuff. It'll be interesting to see someone like Matisse with the Sixers and even JaVale with the, the Lakers. Like I said, both of them, you know, have aspirations to be there a lot longer than most teams. So um, I think it'll definitely be interesting to see about, you know, do they continue making these vlogs or is it just kind of just they're going to post on their social media some stuff. Right. No, I agree. I think that um, with uh, everything that's going on right now, uh, it's good for us to see what uh, these players are up to. Um, and I just think that overall there's uh, a level of openness, um, like we've reiterated time and time again. And and, uh, and let's hope that at least this doesn't distract them from the main goal. Um, that's going to be um, something to point out uh, in terms of are they going to be uh, not only trained enough uh, for the season to come about because scrimmage to start, I believe, in a, uh, the next this, uh, week. This upcoming week. Yeah. When this podcast so, releases, it'll be the up- yeah this upcoming week. Um, yeah. Which so, I think a lot of them also will be televised, so we'll get some basketball, even though it's kind of meaningless basketball, so it's, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. It's it's just a lot of balancing, um, balancing the competitiveness, balancing the uh, the your physical health, balancing uh, the the distractions. So there's a lot of balancing to go on with not only the players, the teams, but also the league as a whole. Yeah, um, I, I have to agree, and like I like I said, and, and like you basically reiterated. I mean, I'll be interested to see how much. Uh, obviously we're just in the first 10 days or so of the bubble. So a lot of these guys are still having fun with it. I think also you're seeing that a lot of these guys are realizing it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be. Um, I know guy, you know, some guys were still complaining. It's like, I, I thought about, we talked about J.R. Smith last week. I don't understand why he's complaining when he just got a job uh, in the NBA, but that's for him to complain about. And I, I, to me, you know, it is what it is, but um you know, I think they're they're seeing, hey, you know, they're going fishing. They're they're, you know, um, going in and playing golf, even if they haven't even played golf before. I know Jason Tatum showed a picture of his club, uh, golf club, and he snapped it in half. It looked like yesterday because he just wasn't playing a good round of golf. And a lot of these guys haven't even played golf. The fishing, you know, you see a lot of these guys catching fish and going out on boats. I know Matisse Stiebel's vlog uh, yesterday. Um, him, Kyle Quinn, and uh, Tobias Harris took out a boat, and like their boat stopped working in the middle of the lake. Uh, so they had to have someone come out and and, and fix the boat for them, and then they kept going. Uh, they were joking about taking the boat to Miami, even though they're in a lake. Like it's just funny stuff like that that I think it's great, great to see uh, these guys just having fun. Um, and and they do have a lot of a lot of off time besides practices, and, and they probably you know lifting weights and and uh film studies you know they have another you know 12 you know 12 16 hours a day to to um to pl- mess around and play with so uh it's uh it's definitely fun with us talking about the Sixers I do want to transition some news from you know Philadelphia 76ers Brett Brown said he is you know so far you know he's he's going to probably move Ben Simmons to play the four instead of the point card um, and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, a team that has struggled with chemistry from the start, a team that I think, in my opinion, has the has the pieces to win a championship, but they're just not putting them together properly. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on that news of Ben Simmons, uh, you know, now instead of playing point guard, switching to the four? Well, I think it's uh, playing with the cards that you're dealt um, and, and mixing and matching. Uh, and I think that this move, I want to say Brett Brown, but there's really just a multitude of players that this move affects um, on, the, on that Sixers team. It's not only Brett Brown, it's Ben Simmons. It's uh, a very important name by the name of Shake Milton, who's going to be taking Ben Simmons' spot now. Uh, and let's not mention, uh, and I'll combine these two, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, that duo. And then you look at Al Horford, which how much money they paid him over the, the uh, when they signed him. Then you look at um, the fact that he's been underperforming. How does Ben Simmons taking place of him affect that starting lineup and affect their whole their team as a whole? So it's interesting. Um, 
it's an interesting move, but I think it's a much needed move because they've been talking about Brett Brown getting fired. And so he's got to do something. He made a move. The question is, is it going to be the right move? Looking at it face value, I think it is because Ben Simmons, that's going to be a role in which I think he thrives in because to me, I was thinking about it and we talked about Jokic getting moved to the four. Now, Ben Simmons and Jokic are, in terms of mobility alone, are two different players. Um, but in terms of their passing, their high IQ, um, I think they're similar in that regard. Uh, and their post-up play, I think they're both similar in that regard. And so uh, I think that Ben Simmons can thrive with Shake Milton and him in the starting lineup. Um, and let's point to this for a second. Shake Milton... Uh, Averaged 10 points, about 10 points off the bench for Philadelphia this this whole season so far. Um, but the interesting number is 45% from three. And Ben Simmons, as we know, hasn't been shooting threes for the for the majority, if not the whole entire uh, his whole entire career. So this is something that Shake Milton thrives in. I think he's going to be a um, a beneficiary of this role, and I think the Sixers is going to benefit as a whole. And also to add on to that. Um, not only was Brett Brown's uh, job in question, but the future of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, the, the dynamic duo on that team, was in question as well. So I think that them being at the four and five um, gives them um, a, a, a recipe for success if, if it plays out how I think it's going to be with Ben Simmons at the four. Okay, so the, I think, uh, and you covered a lot, and I want to unpack yeah. what you covered just now, because you covered great points. Um, first, Brett Brown, in my opinion, I think he's gone after the season. Um, I think that, you look, unless they make a, a Eastern Conference Finals, and even then, unless they make the NBA Finals, I, I think that he's out. Um it, you have too much talent on one team not to not to be good. They're a six seed. They are they're tied right now with the Pacers for that you know five seed by tiebreaker. They're a six seed. They're two games behind the Heat, um, and then you know they're way the Celtics and Raptors are way in front of of them. So the I think the highest they can go is a four seed. I don't see them. I think you know it'll it'll be interesting to see. All of a sudden, you're adding a new dynamic to the team, even though it's not so new. It still is with Benson, you know, a new starting lineup and all that. I don't know. I mean, I, I truly think that they they're going to need a better coach, and and who knows? I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but if if they have a first round exit, which right now is the sixth seed, I don't see them beating a Celtics team or a Raptors team at whoever is that three seed. You know, you talk about, and this is kind of relating to your point about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid getting um, split up. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens either this this off season. Um, also, a whole bunch goes into that in terms of, uh, it, it's, again, salary cap stuff like that. A shorter off season, and, and I think it'll be really interesting this off season as time goes on about moves that teams make and, and et cetera. Um, as far as the move itself. <laughs> The thing is, I still believe that Ben Simmons is still basically going to be playing point guard. I mean, he's still going to bring the ball up the court. He's still going to. They're still. I'm guessing they're still going to run the offense through him, in terms of him, you know, being that facilitator and stuff. So I guess you just add shooting because I mean, their most successful lineup and the guy, the lineup that has played the most games is uh, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons. Um, they've played. They've started 19 games together, and then the second most at seven games is without when Joel, Joel Embiid's been hurt. Uh, otherwise, you have Corkon Korkmaz uh, instead of Josh Richardson. I mean, I know Al Horford has been was coming off the bench a little bit uh, in, in you know, lately. I, he'll do it again now. And obviously, again, another guy that I see getting possibly moved this offseason. He has a huge contract. I'm, I don't know who will take him. Um, there's a lot of questions for this Sixers team. I have, I, I'm not a big Sixers fan, uh, but they have the talent. I mean, literally, you look at everyone there. I mean, they have so much talent from Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons to a guy like Josh Richardson, who, who is a great piece, I think. Tobias Harris, who I don't think he's worth the, the max contract he got. 
Um, Al Horford, another guy, he got big money. I don't know at this point in his career if Al Horford's worth that. Uh, four or five years ago, Al Horford was worth that. Now, I don't know. And I think that would be tough to move him. Um, The way you pointed out Shake Milton with his shooting, I think that's a big, big thing. And it's going to space the floor more. I know Al Horford can, you know, extend his range, but I think now you have a bigger threat. So I think that opens up the lane more for Ben Simmons in terms of his driving and stuff. But I, I don't know. I mean, to me, you have so many problems there. They don't have chemistry. Um, this is a. I think when you look at it, this is this restart can help the Sixers, but they can it'll it can also hurt them just as much as helping them. Um, I, I I don't really know. I mean, I, I, I listen. They're making the playoffs. That's a for sure. How far they go, I don't think anyone can predict predict that. Um, we're gonna have to do predictions in the next couple episodes, obviously with seedings and, and first round matchups and so on and so forth. I, I, I don't know if I could pick them unless they home court is, is out of the, out of the realm here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And, and this kind of relates now back to the whole league. And, and you look at a team like the heat, look at the team, like the Pacers. I know the heat said, Hey, you know, I know Exposure said he's going to be playing a lot with uh, different uh, lineups on the court. In those first eight games, so for them, who knows? Maybe the Heat take an approach as, "Hey, who cares how we do in these first eight games? There's no home court. As long as we're in that four to six seed, or even if we can climb higher, we're fine." Because again, there's no home court advantage, so it doesn't matter where you're playing game one or where you're playing game seven, um, or game three or whatever. So if the Sixers can climb, yeah, but at the same time, they're going to still be playing. You know, who's a better matchup for them? I don't know. Uh, because I don't see them beating the Raptors. I don't see them beating the Celtics. The Heat, the Heat have had their number all season long, except for that first game. Uh, I think that's the first-round matchup everyone wants to see in the NBA, just because of that Jimmy Butler dynamic and him being on the Sixers and all of that. And the, the Heat and Sixers have had a little bit of a rivalry going back a couple years now to their to the playoff series two, three years ago. But 2016, it, it, yeah. Yeah, 2016. Um, the Pacers... Now, you know, we talked about last episode, Victor Oladipo, we said it last episode, won't play. Now he's saying he, you know, he's, he's, he came to Orlando with the team anyway, but now, you know, he's saying he's been practicing with the team. He feels good and, and he wants to give it a go. That gives that, that Pacers team a big, big boost. Um, I, listen, I, keep, I feel like I keep saying it. They they have the talent. It's about putting the pieces together and fitting and, and fitting the puzzle. And that's going to be up to three guys. That's Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid on the court with leadership, which I don't know if they have, okay, because it, it hasn't shown. And then it goes to one guy off the court, and that's Brett Brown putting the pieces together, which in past years he hasn't been able to do. Um, last year, obviously, they were a couple bounces away. From, from making an Eastern Conference Finals, and some say, you know, they would have made it to the NBA Finals if it wasn't for Kawhi's shot, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, well, I want to point out first, I think that not having home court advantage, that neutralizes a lot of teams. Uh, it neutralizes all the teams because the teams that were good at home, now they don't have home court advantage. The teams that were uh, bad in a weight, yeah, bad on the road. You know, all that stuff doesn't necessarily matter now because you're playing – you might be playing away from home, but you have no fans. You don't have – although it is a pressured situation because you want to get to the finals, you don't have the added pressure that you would during a normal playoff. So that's number one. To talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, I said this – and if you guys want to – I said it on the record – I said last season for the Sixers was their best shot to win a championship. And if, if you even look on it on paper, it was their best chance to win a championship. Even, even I have to agree. And, and I'd say I'd go out to say maybe a little, I don't want to say head, head over heels this team, but looking at it now, it's, I mean, I can't really say much else other than to say they were a lot better, which is how, no, they, sure. how they, how they, how they coincided with each other, how they played with one another. They were just much better. And even then, I'd say that Brett Brown failed because he didn't really utilize. I I heard that Jamie Butler um, was having problems with Brett Brown and how he was being utilized on the team. So they could have been much better. And that all leads back to coaching. 
And this is the same thing that we're looking at now. And yes, a lot of different coaches um, are experimenting with, with their teams, as we've mentioned. Um, and Brett Brown's and the Philadelphia 76ers are one of those teams. But it also goes back to Elton Brand, the GM, uh, giving all these guys uh, huge contracts. Yeah. And, now it's, and now it's in question whether or not they're going to be able to, to get the job done this season. I don't see it happening. I think their best shot, in my opinion, if I were to put my, a bet on it and there's not much options because a lot of the teams are head over heels above the, the 76ers, but I probably have to go with the Pacers just because they're neck and neck right there. And I just feel like that's probably their best shot. But even then, I don't know. And it's just a bunch of question marks for Philadelphia. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm not a fan of their team. I'm just saying it's straight up facts. And if you look at their team uh, from the management to the players, that's that's yeah. the reality of the situation. So, something's off there. I know you go to any, any – uh... NBA analyst um, with any credential, obviously bigger than ours, but it, that doesn't take much. I think they would say the same thing. I think getting into the the home court advantage and all that, and there not being any this year, it, you could see a team five through eight, you know, when the playoffs start, make it to the finals. I, I truly think that if you go to the Western Conference, you look at you look at a, a Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks team. Uh, who knows crazier things have happened western conference finals i can definitely see it for sure finals are a little bigger of a recent in the eastern conference the nets and magic we talked about you know on previous episodes them being hey you know why are they even in orlando anymore um or if the wizards sneak in and make it they have nothing to lose so you know it's a, i was watching inside the nba uh, a couple nights ago with uh, Shaq and charles barkley and, and um, uh Kenny Smith and Ernie Johnson and Shaq was saying, and, and Chuck and, and uh, Kenny agreed with him. It's hard to get up for a team that just doesn't have anyone. You know, you look at a Raptors Celtics team, who's probably going to be playing the nets in that first round series. If I'm, you know, Pascal Siakam, or if I'm uh, Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, who are you looking, you know, it's not like you're playing a, a heat team or a Sixers team or even a Bucks team. That, you know, Jimmy Butler, a Giannis, a, a Joe Embiid, Ben Simmons, that like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go up against them. I'm going to go toe-to-toe with them tonight. No, it's like, okay, the Nets, who am I? I mean, am I getting excited to play Karis LeVert and, and uh, Jimmy, uh, Jamal Crawford? I mean, it's hard to, It's hard as a star player, I guess, and this is what I'm hearing from former players and even players now, that it's hard to get up for a game that you just don't, you know, have any motivation to play because you just – you think it's going to be a rollover game. And I think that that's why this year it, it, you could see a lower C team make it far in this playoffs because everything's off the table. The guys are getting dressed in the same, you know, all in their hotel rooms. They all take a bus to the games. They're all going to get there at the same time. There's all, you know, they're all playing in the same environment. Okay. No matter if you're playing a 12 o'clock game or if you're playing a 10 30 game at night, okay. You're playing on the same court the same rims, you know, the same everything. There's no, you know, everyone, this is as equal as it can get in the playoffs um, that we'll ever see. Uh, and you mentioned no crowd. So, you know, I don't know if they're pumping crowd noises in like other sports have, if they're just going to keep it silent and you're just going to hear pure basketball. I mean, I know for a basketball guy like me and for you, I think we'll, you will really enjoy that just getting to hear, you know, um, the guys communicate on the court or if they're going to try to put music or something on during the game. Are they, I don't know. Are, are they going to put announcers, uh, like not on the courts, uh, but, but outside, like maybe I, I looking believe, into the game. I believe ESPN will be there on site. Um, Mike Breen, Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, they all have, I, or, I don't think they're there yet, but they will be arriving in the bubble. I believe TNT will do it from their studios in Atlanta. They're uh-huh. not going to be making a trip to the bubble. So yeah, that's what it, I mean. Something like that. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, because you even look, I know, I, I don't know if you've watched, but I've watched UFC. Um, they've continued through this pandemic. I just watched the big fight this past, uh, about a week. And the announcers with, uh, aren't Masvidal. there, right? No, the announcers are there. In the, in oh, they the, are there. In the but they have arena. masks on and they're, yeah. Yeah. So they're in the arena. And it makes a big difference because now the, the fighters can hear what the announcers are saying. And you have, the announcers have to, you know, um, 
you know, change their voice and change their tone as things, you know, heat up and, and cool down and how much noise is being made from the coaches and all that. And also, you know, in the UFC, I know they can hear what the announcers are saying. If the announcers are giving tips, they can use those tips to try to help, you know, win, you know, win that round and, and win a fight. So in the NBA, you know, you have Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson going through their spiel that they normally do. And, and you know, you know this, this is what this guy needs to do in the second half and this, that, and the, uh, the third, you know, that could help them. It's a lot that goes into this. Um, and I say, I, we, we go off topic or not really to say this, that as much as we're doubting the 76ers, who knows what happens and come uh, October 13th, they could be NBA champions. It's that easy. Um, they they have the talent. They have the pieces. The, I think the biggest question is coaching, uh, and and can their coach will them to get there? Um, yeah. But I think uh, we talk about all of this and uncertainty. The Houston Rockets up until a couple of days ago with, were, were without two of their you know their two biggest guys in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. James Harden. James Harden arrived to the bubble uh, about Wednesday of this past week. Um, he was dealing with some family issues and came. He's back in practice, and he said he feels great. Russell Westbrook came down with the coronavirus, and he still not entered the bubble. Um, it's unknown when he will um, enter the bubble, uh, and I think that's a big, big uh, factor for the uh, Rockets as he was really – I mean, he was – when the Rockets in their little run that they were having before this um, – stoppage i mean he was leading the team and everything just i mean taking control and i think it's you, you i think uh people who have watched watched the rockets have seen that when russell westbrook is in control of this team they've played a lot better basketball than when you have james harden in control yeah i think this affects mainly uh mike d'antoni because uh, I we've we've talked about coaches uh, a lot over these over the past thirty minutes with Brett Brown and now Mike Mike D'Antoni, but um, it, it it the thing is is that not only are we not having basketball for a little bit, but also you have to look at the Houston Rockets and say, okay, Mike D'Antoni, when he got Russell Westbrook, there's a lot of questions about fit, chemistry, how he's going to implement. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two guys that like the ball in their hands to coexist and maybe use Russell, 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 Russell Westbrook as a, as a, uh, as a slasher and more off the ball guy. Um, and maybe just uh, take turns with, with handling the ball, which they're going to have to do that if they want to coexist. So, and then not only that, but to look at how they've orchestrated their team, they've, gone completely small ball and one of the guys in in that small ball especially with the concerns at center with uh with losing Compella and how they're gonna have pj tucker be at the five and uh one of their guys bruno caboclo just got in trouble for uh for violating some of the rules in the bubble and, and going outside his room when he wasn't supposed to so there's all these different um things to look at in terms of the Rockets and how they're orchestrating their team and the amount of effort they put in with their GM, uh, Daryl Morey, with Mike D'Antoni, with the whole entire staff and how they've handled that team. And now you're losing one of your best, your, your, your second guy on that team. And Russell Westbrook sometimes can be referred to as the first, but, but still a very, a co-star on that team. Um, and now he's out. So you relook, you revisit that whole entire team now and you're like, okay, they've done so much to get here. And now they're going to have to look at something, uh, way, way different if they're not able to get their co-star to be in Orlando and, and he's got a clear test and he's got to deal with all these different things. So we may have to do that. And with, the effort that the Houston Rockets have put in their lineup, that's going to be a challenge. And you look at Mike D'Antoni for that. He can do it. He's a capable coach of doing that. Um, and that just so if you want to look at it, look at the way he handled uh, the seven seconds or less Suns and how successful they were. And then look at just this past season with Russell Westbrook joining the team. So that's the big question mark that I look at with Russell Westbrook and how D'Antoni is going to handle that. 
Yeah. Um, to me, we just talked about the 76ers. The Rockets are the 76ers of the West, in my opinion. They have much better coaching. Mike D'Antoni is a far superior coach to uh, Brett Brown. Um, we've seen that in his track record, even though he's never won a championship. He, you know, the Suns teams back in the day with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. Um, you look at uh, when he was in New York, you know, he had a, a, a decent tenure there with Carmelo. Um, well, it's hard. It's hard to have stuff. a decent. Yeah, it's hard to have a decent yeah, tenure in New York. But. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to. And he 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 was a coach of one of the only winning teams in the past. It was like thirty five years in New York basketball. So uh, you see how good he did there. You see here at the Rockets. Um, I believe he's on the last year of his deal. So again, another big thing that, like I said, and the reason I say that they're similar to the Seventy Sixers is because this is a team, in my opinion, that can win championship they can be the the lakers and clippers i believe if they really play their a game and they can get to that championship if they really really want it if they really play well um but at the same time they don't have it seems like they're you know sometimes that they don't have their you know they're playing that small ball and how that will affect them and it's uh it's definitely um something interesting to think going forward as to how uh how well they can they can play you James Harden being late Russell Westbrook having COVID and I think another issue is a lot of people still don't know the 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 after uh, effects of COVID um and that goes for anyone and in terms of how it affects your lungs and all of that and and how it affects your body going down the road if if, you know if that's a month or if that's five years down the road they don't know so his conditioning wise you know will you know he be out of breath more what what is that uh, how does that affect him and, and everything there? So it's it's definitely um, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I believe it's funny that we're talking about the Rockets and the 76ers back to back for two different things, but at the same time, they are very very similar in my opinion. Yeah. Last thing I'll say here, uh, and I think mm-hmm. that it touches on some of the points we we've said um, and. With with especially with Zion and Russell Westbrook, um, Zion with leaving the bubble and then Russell Westbrook being restrained from coming into the bubble, um, this is a time period where it's it's very crucial to miss, and obviously it's it's very validated to miss. But man, it's it's and and it's this is key players like the 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 amount of cases that the that the NBA has had. Now we don't know about unconfirmed cases, but we do know about the confirmed cases, and there hasn't been all all that uh, compared to what we expected there would be in terms of positive cases. So, and and the thing is, is that Russell Westbrook and Zion Williamson, like I said, are big time players. So the fact that these cases are not only there, there's a few of them, but they're to very key players that that without their presence can be very detrimental to a team. So these, uh, these cases we'll have to see as the season pro- progresses, but missing even a day is very, can, can impact your team in a lot of different ways. And I'm not sure, sh- so sure if those are positive ways um, being that the magnitude of these guys and their presence on the team is very much needed. So um, there's a lot of protocols. Um, I think next time, uh, which we didn't really mes- mention too much, but I'm sure it'll it'll boil up um, the conversation in the next uh, coming week or two. Is the the snitch hotline? Um, but yeah, that that's some, we had so much to talk about today. I feel like, and, and I really wanted to do that first team all bubble. I know we'll probably do that again come the end of the bubble. And you know, I. I uh, about in total, you know, who, who was the top guys. Cause I know that will change and some guys will emerge and stuff. Um, but yeah, the snitch hotline was something else that we'll definitely cover next week. And I, I wanted to cover, uh, we've kind of gone, we've talked, I, I know over an hour here now. So, um, that's something I definitely want to get into next episode. Um, we're hoping I'm, I'm working, uh, for you guys out there to get a guest on someone from the bubble. I've been trying to contact some reporters and stuff as you know we're not too big of a podcast so to try to contact someone and then respond and stuff it's hard but we've done it before so we're going to try to do it again uh guys also go check out uh i know 
you know, when Ben Golliver, who was on the podcast, uh, right when this whole thing started, right when the shutdown started, I know he's in the bubble and he's had some funny stuff I've been watching. I follow him on social media and he's, he's in quarantine right now for seven days. Cause he just got there or he's been there now for a couple of days, but um, you know, just stuff he's doing in the bubble and he'll have an insight in the bubble. So uh, yeah, I mean, that basically wraps it up for today. Any, any last uh, thoughts? Not really. There's going to be a lot to, I feel like every single episode we, we say the same stuff, but I feel like it gets better and better. Um, the information that we, that we, Get our um, yeah no get our uh, fingertips on and and we're able to talk about so I'm excited for future episodes. Uh, the NBA season's quickly uh, approaching uh, to restart here and and we're um, we're on board here to to keep talking about stuff as we get closer and closer. So yeah no we'll we'll be here through it all. Um, I'm excited. Two weeks away, uh, a little less than two weeks now. I'm counting down the days. Uh, but uh, where can they find us on social media, Jake? And, we'll, you know, make sure to, guys, make sure to uh, subscribe, uh, rate us, whatever you feel. If that's one star, because we're not such a good podcast, feel free. If we're open to constructive criticism or rate us five star. If we think we're, we've done a great job. So, uh, but where can they find us on social media, Jake? They can find us out on uh, at underscore around the league underscore on Instagram uh, and check us out. Um, as Ryan said, any feedback and reviews are greatly appreciated. Um, and be upfront and honest. If you guys think we're not doing the best of our ability, let us know. If you guys think we're doing great, let us know about that as well. So uh, you can check us out, all three streaming platforms, Anchor, Apple Pods, and Spotify. Check us out, and we appreciate the support. For sure, guys. Um, quick thing, like I said subscribe put, put your notifications on so that way when we do release a podcast it comes up on your phone immediately and uh besides that peace out peace